Get about the curveball, Ricky. Give him a heater. Welcome to the Heater Podcast. I'm Dan Lewig. He's Corey Peeper. As we uh, get you set for Difference Makers, that's going to be our theme for today. X-Factors, who are the players that can uh, make a dramatic difference in the second half of the year, as well as a strong postseason run. Uh, We're going to look at a few different categories for that uh, across the the board. Uh, Players that are either on teams coming back, uh, potentially with trade, uh, or from the farm system with different guys that can make that uh, that difference uh, for a team and, and and bring a level up to playoff hopes. Uh, kind of some fun with the uh, best uh, best bat in the AL. Have a little fun uh, debate with that. Uh, if we expected a manager to get canned, there's one guy that is still uh, surviving it, especially with, of all. Like, you have two big. You have Joe Girardi gone. You have uh, Joe Mad now gone. We'll talk about that a little later. But then this week, right after both those things, within a span of about ten days, you have uh, one of the most boneheaded moves I've ever seen from a manager, uh, and and still has a job. You have to have to love it. The man, the myth, the legend. Uh, or something like that. Uh, Southside Chicago has different names for him now. Uh, we'll take a look at that, and there's a different oldie but goodie that we'll give a shout-out to at the end uh, as well. As always, the Heater Podcast is brought to you by River Creek Popcorn. For all of your snacking needs for baseball games and movies of choice, come hungry, leave happy. Uh, it was a nice, uh, when you can get around the rain, uh, it was a, a nice weekend and a nice turnout at the, at the wagon. Yeah, it was a good, good weekend. Saw a lot of people again. Saturday it rained a little bit, but Sunday they came out in full. I had, I think, a few people ask about the caramel corn we ran out of caramel corn. It will be back again next week. I'm making it. I have practiced with some of the more uh, varieties, a new variety. I have not even let you try it yet. I have not let anybody other than myself and my dad try it yet because, to tell you the truth, it didn't work out the way I wanted it to. So experimenting is on Uh, once – once I get it figured out for the way I want it, back to the lab. I will bring it to certain people that I trust. You're on that list yes. as far as people that can sample it, and then it will be on there. So be on the lookout for a new flavor coming. All right, we'll make that the uh, uh, the breaking news, a teaser for uh, today's podcast. And uh, again, you can uh, from sometimes the special choices, uh, uh, the ones that uh, if you can't get out on that particular week when that's uh, available. Uh, that's when the online uh, is going to be a lovely uh, option once that's uh, fully gone as well. Still got to get that going too. Uh, so, uh, so that's just a, no. That's just me also throwing out the in case you can't get through one. Mm-hmm. It's the uh, uh, special uh, flavor uh, weekend. Uh, you'll have another opportunity to uh, to be able to uh, take part in that. So, uh, stick tuned for those uh, updates and informations as we uh, get going as well. Uh, we must uh, before we begin anything with this, we have to at least do a good humble brag, don't we? Of uh, course. We uh, great minds think alike, and uh, we were the first ones. So it's a different great mind that uh, that proved our great mind. Jeff Passan had the same idea as our last podcast uh, of going off on on Twitter about the. Uh, the streakiness in Major League Baseball, the teams that have been out uh, uh, 
uh, out with uh, some longer, both in good ways and bad ways, the, the streaks that have gone on, all the way down to the Will Ferrell uh, uh, gift to go along with it. Uh, we already had that idea. So, again, if you want to hear the good stuff. You're a day late and a dollar short, Jeff Hassan. As usual, right. we're ahead Step of you. Step it up. Step it Step up. Step it up. You're, you're falling behind. It's, it's been a week of different streaks. When we talked streaks last week, it was the Angels, and well, their streak continued for a while, and we'll mention what that led to, but... Uh, we're in Wisconsin. It was a rough week for the Milwaukee yeah. Brewers. They finally won today, but let me tell you, the, the offense isn't playing well, and the bullpen is wow bad right now because of Jake Cousins being hurt and some other injuries within there. It is it is not pretty, but as the Brewers were losing, the Braves were winning. The Braves have won 11 in a row, I think, 12 yeah, in a row. Yeah, they're surging again. Yeah, and that suddenly that NL East is becoming a race again. The Mets, Philly's hot ever since they fired – Let's start talking some of these firings, shall we? Yeah. First firing, Joe Girardi, right? That was a week ago Friday, and the Phillies are hot. Kyle Schwarber is on one of his uh, stretches where he hits home runs galore. Bryce Harper is doing as he does and just being amazing. I've decided that Bryce Harper is my favorite player. Did I tell you that? Mm-mm. I've decided Bryce Harper is my favorite player. I just love everything that dude does. He's so cool. So, Bryce Harper, you're my favorite player. Hard uh, to argue with uh, the way in which he plays the game and uh, – Across the board, his full uh, offensive talents. He's uh, got a strong arm out in the outfield as well. He's fun, uh, definitely fun uh, to watch and hopefully uh, competitive, uh, which is what's going on right now to make guys like that uh, shine that much more. Philly hired Rob Thompson, right? And as last I checked, and they've won every game under him. I didn't see today, but they were 7-0 and at least to start Rob Thompson's career after firing Girardi, so something's working there now, obviously. When you make these in-season moves, whether it's Philly or the Angels, obviously that's the other one we're going to talk about here, the Angels at game 11, I think, of their eventual 15-game losing streak, fire Joe Madden, and Girardi's won a World Series. Joe Madden's won a World Series. So they are – Joe Madden's Hall of Famer probably. I don't know about Joe Girardi, but they have accolades. They have experience. But I think in both cases it – Kind of wears out, right? Especially with Joe Madden, right? I was going to say, no, for sure with, with Joe Madden. Again, Madden is great for, and I think here's a question as we, we'll talk about him and then here's the follow-up question coming. Who is the team that needs a culture change? Uh, where Madden does have one more in him, uh, but it's got to be the uh, the right place. But where he shines the most is creating a culture change uh, and then eventually the shtick wears out. It's just it's short-lived. The longevity is not there, and we called it even when he went to the Angels, the whole thing within this. This has been the calling card. I'd say seven seasons is about the max that you're going to get for him, but it seems as if that's been getting shorter uh, as we've gotten closer to the uh, to the end here. But I think he's got one more that he could do, but that's always been the problem with, with Joe Madden, strength and weakness. Uh, he's great for coming in, setting a new culture, uh, and uh, unfortunately, uh, uh, you have Theo Epstein with the Cubs, and you had things that finally went going right there. You had uh, Andrew Friedman with the Rays uh, at the time. You need to pair him with a decent front office uh, because, again, they have not had that uh, in the in the Los Angeles organization. And bottom line, that's the problem in Los Angeles. Uh, now, some of it might be this season more a little bit different as they're trying to work ways up, but uh, uh, again, I think that their problems run deeper uh, than what he could fix. Uh, and when you're having that type of situation there, uh, when you have a guy tinkering that needs to stop tinkering, 
that's really not his forte. So it doesn't make it doesn't surprise me that he's no longer there. Let me throw out a name for you who we've heard be on the hot seat for a while, and that's Don Mattingly down in Miami, right? Don Mattingly's been on the hot seat for a few years. He's back. This is year four mm. with Kim Ong, right? She didn't hire him. Kim Ong did not hire him, but he's there now. And Miami is it feels like they're close, right? It feels like they're getting there, they're working their way up. Could Joe Mann's could this be the next location hmm. Joe Mann steps in and gives his four or five years and tries to push him over the top? With a uh, uh, an excellent uh, GM and who's analytically minded. Uh, again, he started that with the Rays. That's where that all mm-hmm. began there within it. Then he went to more of a traditional model in, in Chicago, but still having a, a Theo Epstein who's been uh, blended in, in both worlds uh, at that time. That one makes a lot of sense. Uh, I'm trying to think of any other teams that are close but more young but needing like that, that culture change. I, mean, I think Miami makes a lot of sense. I think Mariners got service. Yeah. The, I could see that, uh, but like you're not, he's not taking on a rebuild like the Reds, right? I don't see him going and saying I'm taking on a rebuild like the Reds, or I'm taking on the full like anybody who can turn the Rockies into winner is amazing at this point. You would have to have some assurances, uh, and, and here's the part of the problem with the Marlins is uh, that was supposed to be Jeter, right? Now that was part of the guy there, and then they decide they weren't going to spend money, uh, and so Jeter was out. Uh, so I don't know if Madden, like Madden loves the game, period. So he's going to be a lifer. So would he go and manage the Pittsburgh Pirates? Would he go and manage the Cincinnati Reds? Yeah, he would. Uh, but you'd think he'd be looking for something a little bit uh, a little bit more than that. Uh, what do we yeah. stand on Detroit? What do we stand on Detroit? And we know that they got A.J. Hinch last after his suspension, but wow, was that team bad. Wow, was that team bad. And that's that's the the sad part because this has been a massive setback with no easy answers uh, because the guys that they invested big money in not performing uh, so you have to hope that that like Javier Baez that, that uh, changes uh, for the for the better uh, you were Man counting would have on been with pitchers. Baez right Men would have been with Baez in Chicago so they at least have yep. some history together that, that that's I just don't see them changing uh, horses this early with uh, with Hinch. That's, uh, that's been their guy that they've wanted. They've wanted A.J. Hinch, and they s- stuck it out. I guess they couldn't through the suspension, but when he was eligible again, they immediately went and got him again. I, so. I think Miami makes uh, makes a lot of sense. Uh, if either since Don't discount Cincinnati. Uh, and the reason why is the, the young pitching. Uh, they have arms that are coming together. Like They've been doing the fire sale. They need more hitting, uh, but... This is a team that has been pretty shrewd with some of those uh, hitters and, and have found some of that uh, as well. So I, I, I'm curious more within it. I think he would be a great fit there. Uh, but I think Miami makes a ton of sense as well. Uh, but I don't think – the point is I don't think Madden is done. I concur. I don't think he's done. I I don't know about Girardi. Girardi's thing is we've seen Girardi have success in at New York. We've seen him have some success in Philadelphia. I don't know, though, if his – now, Buck Showalter is currently managing in the big leagues. I did not think Buck Showalter would be managing again. So, obviously, we can talk about – the one that you mentioned that is surprisingly still pit managing as far as Joe Mann is not. Oh. 
Joe Girardi is not is Tony La Russa still manages How? the Chicago White Sox, right? So this is the Jerry Reinsdorf thing, one hundred percent. This would not work anywhere else. But here's here's a guy who does not want to admit he made a mistake, so he will double down and double down and double down again before he admits that he got it wrong. It is going to take the full. Uh, pitchfork and torches uh, from the fans, which there was a very audible uh, <laughs> fire, to- uh, fire Larusa chant uh, in a game two days ago, and it would have been. A- they came out in extra innings today. I believe they won the extra innings game today. They didn't. They lost to Texas today, eight to six. I'm looking at it right now. That's the second time. This has been uh, a a bad series, but they have. Uh, uh, if I am remembering correctly, they also lost in extra innings the day before. They're now uh, behind Texas. Texas is twenty-eight and thirty-one. White Sox are twenty-seven and thirty-one. I I, uh, I I think it's going to be a very difficult week in in, uh, in the South Side, uh, and if things continue at this rate, I don't know how they keep them. Uh, but again, right, with the exception of it being Reinsdorf. Uh, but at some point, when will the players? Uh, when will you lose the clubhouse? Because uh, I can't believe anyone uh, privately. I'm sure they have their opinions on. Walking a guy with a one-two count. So that's what Dan Dan referenced that earlier is Tony LaRusso's, if you didn't watch it, was Friday, Thursday. What day did I see you last? When day did you come to the popcorn wagon? Thursday? Thursday. Thursday. Trey Turner was at one-two as they were playing the Los Angeles Dodgers. And instead of striking him out or so actually stolen base. Him, Stolen base, uh, start of that, and then cleared up first base, base, and they decided to walk him. Max Muncy came off the IL and proceeded to hit a three-run home run, which is awesome because you deserve that. When you have a pitcher awesome who's for my ahead. fantasy team, I'm happy with that. <laughs> when you're ahead of a bat guy, you keep pitching to him as good as Trey Turner is, and he's a star, right? Absolute superstar oh, in this one game. One and two count, but you have him down, and I don't know what Tony Luce is doing. He tried to defend it with some absurd line about how it wasn't the right matchup, and Max Muncy is left-handed or something, and. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. It's not working. I don't know if Joe Madden works there. I wouldn't know if Joe Girardi works there. There's so many Latin American players on that team. I just think like we've seen Oliver Marmol in in St. Louis, right? Like I'm not I don't know the Latin American person, but it seems like that team would do better with someone like that. Yeah, I I, I the question is would they just go normally teams go internal uh at that point within it. I mean Joe Madden would be out there. That's kind of uh, interesting within, and he already has uh, uh, his, his cred in Chicago already. Uh, who knows if he'd want to jump into things uh, right away within it. But what I can say for that move is he is pretty much the anti-Tony La Russa. Uh, so it would be, again, and usually when you have these types of things, you go for the exact opposite. Uh, so for a culture shift, uh, more of uh, uh, more of that easygoing within it, more of a chance to connect together, uh, Modern versus old school. Uh, I I think there's uh, there's some ways in which I could see that working. Although I don't know if that's the best fit uh, for Madden himself as far as uh, playing into that. This is would be a messy situation to go into. But again, someone that can change culture quickly, uh, who was able to work within that. It'll be interesting to see. It's going to be an interesting. Uh, the roller coaster is getting a little more challenging in Chicago, uh, and I don't think that there is a, a stop at the end of this. I think there's a collision course coming, and it's a matter of not if, but when. Uh, let's uh, let's do one uh, one more. We'll do the this question before we dive into the full theme uh, uh, for our, our podcast today. But uh, there, in my uh, at least so far in the season, there are three clear. 
bats in the American League. Aaron Judge, uh-huh. Jose Ramirez, and Jordan Alvarez. Two of those three are on my fantasy team for at least one, so I'm pretty proud of that. Congratulations. Uh, but the, uh, Congratulations on that one. <laughs> uh, but of those three, who is the best bat for this year that you'd want to move forward with? Just this year. Correct. <sighs> Straight bat skills, because Jose Ramirez plays a prime position, right? So if you're talking true value, Jose Ramirez plays third base, Aaron Judge plays the outfield, and Jordan Alvarez is a DH. Aaron Judge has Aaron Judge and Jordan Alvarez, I feel like, have more power than Jose Ramirez. Now that being said, you know, Aaron Judge, I think, is at 24 home runs. Yeah, Jordan Alvarez is at 17 and Jose Ramirez is at 16. Jose Ramirez has the speed factor, which Aaron Judge offers a little bit, and Jordan Alvarez offers very little speed to speak of. Jose Ramirez offers speed. They're each hitting Jose Ramirez is hitting 293, Jordan Alvarez is hitting 302, Aaron Judge is hitting 313. Would you believe that Jose Ramirez is a 254 BABIP to go along with his 293 average? So he's actually his expected average is almost 350. Like, in all three of them are just absurd players. For the rest of this year, I think it'll probably be Aaron Judge. I think he's playing for a contract. He knows what he's he wants to get paid, and I think Aaron Judge probably has as good of a chance as anyone. Otani should win an MVP award every year. We've discussed this. I think Aaron Judge probably is leading. Uh, that charge right now just because of the fact he plays in the world's biggest market and he's having an incredible year right like now could you could I I could easily argue for Jose Ramirez I could easily argue for Jordan Alvarez I could argue for Rafael Devers or Mike Trout too like those guys are all extremely good as far as the rest of this year I'll take Aaron Judge going forward I'll take Jose Ramirez I think that Jose Ramirez is and part of it's because he's the, the last guy standing in Cleveland. It's not a big market, uh, but doesn't get the credit that he deserves as being a uh, a perennial uh, MVP candidate. Uh, and I think it's a little bit because of uh, uh, Judge has the splashy. He's got the the home runs and he's in the big market, uh, and so that definitely stands out. Uh, but uh, Buster only posted this. Uh, it was back on, on June 11th, so just a couple of days ago. But the uh, at his current pace, Jose Ramirez will finish the season with 105 extra base hits, 48 strikeouts. 48 strikeouts. Oh, his strikeout rates. 99 walks, 108 runs, 168 RBI, 45 doubles, 12 triples, 48 homers. He has more home runs than strikeouts at this point in the season, the only person who has done that, uh, or if he keeps that base with it, Barry Bonds. That's it. That's the list. Uh, yeah. It's a incredible uh, what he has done. Also from the, uh, that doesn't count the uh, steals. Uh, the What he adds is pretty much unheard of from it. Across the board, best bat, best offensive production, uh, that you can have also from a premium position. But if, again, if we're talking best bats, again, you, you can't go wrong with any of these three. Uh, and two of these three have been locked up to long-term contracts by their teams. Uh, Houston Astros locked up Jordan Alvarez, uh, biggest contract to a DH. Uh, they know what they have in him. Um, yeah, way to be smart. That's not a, that's not a hard one uh, to, to figure out. Lock him up, good to go. Jose Ramirez, same thing. He wanted to be there. Cleveland said, hey, we can't pay you top dollar, but they found a way to keep him. 
uh, and uh, he's happy too. Uh, and those two guys are going to be uh, uh, the foundation for those offenses for years to come. Now comes Judge. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, to put up these type of numbers in a contract year, props to you, dude, because you're going to get paid. Uh, and it's going to be more than what, again, you, you bet on yourself, right? You had a seven-year, $213 million contract in hand. You said no. I'm gonna uh, bet on me, and I can and I can beat that by the end of the year. That's a heck of a risk, but if you're going to take that risk, these are the types of numbers that you need uh, to do that. I'm now fully confident he beats those numbers, uh, and I and I think not just by the, the question was can one team find a way to, to get above that? And you could even save face of it. You were seven two thirteen. If you had seven two twenty five, you could still say okay, I, I beat those numbers. It's pretty much the same, but you know enough to say that it to kind of feel like it was worth it. I think he's going to have multiple suitors now. Uh, I was wondering where the suitors were going to come from at the beginning of the year uh, that would would top that. Maybe one would. I think he's got multiple now. So Aaron Judge is 30 years old now, right? He's 30 years old. He'll be 30 years old when he hits this. He has a 370 at ISO. We don't talk ISO. That's a lot. That's a power metric. There is him at 378. Jose Ramirez at 351. Mike Trout at 348. And then it drops... Jordan Alvarez is 318 for fourth, but that is a big drop-off. There's only five guys over 300. So to have a 378 just shows how dominant he's been as far as hitting the ball for power. I think that Aaron Judge, we were talking before we started, I I have had plenty of time on this podcast talking and kind of letting my feelings be known about Javier Baez aging out. And Aaron Judge is a better batter than Javier Baez, much better batter than Javier Baez. He draws a walk. He does not strike. He only strikes out at 24% rate. That's pretty good. In today's day and age for a slugger like that, that's very that's very good. But there is Aaron Judge and Jordan Alvarez are basic, are huge individual men. Aaron Judge is six foot seven, 280 pounds. There are very few people in the history of baseball that have played at that size. We already know he has massive injury issues, right? Last year, he played 148 games. Before that, the shortened season, he played 28. The Before that, he hadn't played more than 155 games, only 2017. When he was 25, that was that big 52 home run season that he had. So when he's out there, like, you know what you're getting. Aaron Judge is going to hit for power. He's going to drive the ball. He can he takes advantage, especially of New York's small field. But at six foot seven, 280 pounds, when he's 35 years old, those knees are going to be getting real sore, I bet. like It's hard to imagine him aging well. Not that his skill set won't age well, his body won't age well. You wonder, can he, uh, can he switch to first base at some point? Uh, and then you're kind of intrigued. If he could, uh, if that would be in his skill set uh, within like, it. Not well, the, the, reason why, the reason why first base is intriguing, because look at that huge target yeah. out there. I mean, how many... Uh, yeah. Extra defensive plays can you make by by that stature and size? Now, how low can you get? Not uh, for scooping it up, so maybe that's the reason why it doesn't work. But uh, even as a as a DH, I mean, you kind of think of some of these guys that are going to age out of their position and then to be uh, uh, able to get, uh, transition to DH. Uh, that's what uh, extends uh, someone's life. Again, you're buying the bat more than you're buying any other position within it. Uh, but the injury concerns are definitely with the. Where the true challenge is in this contract is a 691 slugging percentage. That is an absurd number. But yeah, I. It's a great discussion. You take any one of them, right? Any team is going to be happy with any one of those guys. I said Rafael Devers, Mike Trout. You're talking about the best of the best this year. 
at this point, it's hard to – I said, you'd always say Otani is probably the MVP. Rafael Devers had a great year. We didn't mention Vlad, right? Mike Trout looks good. But Aaron Judge is probably I don't, – I don't have any odds in front of me, but as far as non-Otani level, which is always going to be hard for the next – for five years, you could just say, here's, here's your award, Joey Otani, you're two players. But non-Otani level, Aaron Judge is the odds-on favorite. And the other guys are making up ground, but Jose Ramirez is going to be great for the next six, seven years, I think. And Aaron Judge, probably not. It's going to be an interesting storyline the rest of the, the year for those three. Uh, others can definitely emerge into the mix. And you mentioned the guys that can from from Devers to uh, to Vlad. Uh, Otani, obviously, always being in it. Trout, his, his teammate as well. Uh, there's definitely guys that can be in there, but those are the three that are the clear cut above the rest right now, and we'll see what happens there, and then we'll see what happens with Judge uh, at the end of the season. Uh, coming back, we'll take a look at uh, guys that are hoping to be those uh, X-Factors to produce, maybe not at quite at those those levels, but who could be those types of difference makers on their teams uh, for the rest of the year leading to a playoff run. Coming up next. Egg. Your eggs are cut, sir. Cut my milk! I can't, sir. It's liquid. Imbecile! Freeze it, then cut it. You! Bring me the Wall Street Journal. You two, fight to the death. You are a madman. I want to party with you, cowboy. Are you kids with your loud music and your Dan Fogelberg, your Zima, hula hoops, and Pac-Man video games? Don't you see... People today have attention spans that can only be measured in nanoseconds. <laughs> be honest with you, I love his music. I do. I'm a Michael Fulton fan. Yes! That's awesome! Well, we're going to take a look at X-Factors here. Uh, we'll start with those that are uh, key players coming back from injuries. We're gonna, we're going to go according to a few uh, uh, key categories. This is the biggest one, the one that makes the most sense. Uh, who are the guys that have been out or maybe coming back mid-season or by the end of the season uh, that can change the course, uh, change the direction of their team, or give the the boost that again levels the, a team up uh, for a a deeper uh, playoff run? Uh, why don't you kick us off with the first name? Well, I'm going to start in the American League East, where the team that I believe is currently in fourth place in Boston has suddenly a ton of pitching injuries. They had a lot before I started doing this, and then as of today, or in the last couple of days, Garrett Whitlock hit the aisle with a hip injury. Nate Valdi hit the aisle today with a lower back inflammation. They've already had problems, but they still have Nick Pavetta, which eh, Rich Hill, which eh, Michael Walker, eh, guess, guess the one name that's still waiting here. And it's the big name that they've been waiting for all year. Chris Sale's getting closer, right? That's that's the one I want to talk about. Chris Sale, they're not going to find a much better pick pitcher on the market than Chris Sale. So there's some rumors of him going to the bullpen to, to get them started. And guess what? The bullpen has been a major weakness in Boston this season. They have struggled to find a closer. It looks like Tanner Houck has got the last couple of saves for them. So Chris Sale pick up some innings in the bullpen, keep working your way towards being a starter. That Their starting rotation needs help right now, and that's the first one I'm talking about is Chris Sale would be a big X factor to helping the Red Sox make up some ground on these teams ahead of him. When he came back from uh, Tommy John surgery, he looked good. I say He needed to get his control fully back, you know, those fine-tuning things for the consistency. 
but it didn't look like there was a, a loss in stuff, which is always the the, uh, the first thing you're looking for, especially in, in older uh, pitchers. Uh, this one was, again, one of those fluke weird injuries where you're not really concerned about uh, stuff within as long as that's healthy and good to go, uh, then, then he can move forward uh, within it. So uh, I'm fully confident when he's back, he's going to be uh, that guy. And I know I, I saw the same uh, uh, tweet from a pitching coach, uh, the potential of bullpen. Yeah, they de- they definitely could. I-, I hope they don't. I-, I think what you need, other than the giving him three innings to start, then for like building him up to a, a full starter is one thing. Uh, but the uh, that's uh, you need him. Uh, let him be in where he's comfortable. Uh, you want that consistency. You want to get that back going, and you need an ace. Uh, so let him be what uh, who he is uh, within it versus trying to get too cute with with the process. Yet yeah, they want him back as soon as possible. So would I. Makes a ton of sense. Uh, but hopefully it's right, and that rotation is where they, they they put him back. Can we talk about a team now that I think has lost their entire opening day rotation? Uh, and you were just we were talking before we started how good they've really been. Minnesota's pit playing really well right now. Now that if offense, we talk about their wow. pitching. Opening day, it was Sonny Gray, right? He is out. 15-day DL, strain pack. Uh, Chris Paddock, Tommy John surgery, out for the year. Joe Ryan was pitching great. We Undisclosed, we believe it's COVID, but it's been a while, so he must have tested positive. Bailey Ober has a groin issue. Josh Winder came up, looked pretty good. Shoulder impingement, and we're still waiting. Kenta Maeda is still on this team. Now, that's probably September, right? So the Twins are winning with their offense, and they're getting some surprisingly good pitching out of Dylan Bundy and Devin Smeltzer. Right now, roster resource lists their rotation as Dylan Bundy, Devin Smeltzer, Cole Sands, Chris Archer, and Chi-Chi Gonzalez. That's not good. Now, you got to get some of those guys healthy, but you're still playing good ball here. So if you do get those guys healthy, this could get interesting. And this is a team that I didn't have a whole lot of faith in. And they're looking really good all of a sudden. I don't want to cheat to a different category, but I'm going to make an exception here for this That's one. Fine. We mentioned him. Uh, uh, he's and will there be another team that could be looking at him as a difference maker? But Frankie Montas here makes a ton of sense. They have the offense. Uh, uh, their bullpen is solid. Uh, here, you need the, the guys that can get you. Like when you're going to put guys out one, two, three uh, in a playoff rotation, uh, they what they lack is veteran at the top outside of Sonny Gray. Uh, it would be great to have one more arm and then Joe Ryan to have that be your, your top three, and then you fill out the rest of, uh, of who's healthy, who, who's doing well. Uh, then you're not exposing young guys uh, into larger roles when, again, things get a little more interesting in, in the playoffs. I think that one would make a ton of sense. So, again, Frankie Montas is going to be one of those, when we talk trade in just a little bit, one of those X factors that uh, is going to be out there that, on, again, on the right teams with this, uh, he'll make a difference wherever he is, but on certain teams, he'll make a greater impact. Uh, and I think this would would uh, be a, would fit the category of, of one. Uh, I'll throw another name out at you from the off the injury list, and he's getting closer. Uh, and that's uh, Jack Flaherty. I I have him also. So the Cardinals, Flaherty's been out all season, shoulder bursitis, but he's getting really close. Oliver Marmel said he has I think one more rehab assignment this week at AAA Memphis. And then being activated likely after that. And the Cardinals, they lost today, but they're taken over the first place in the National League Central. They have passed the Brewers. So getting their ace back. Now, I've never been a super big Flaherty guy. I, he's good. 
he you could say ace, but he's not he's not Jacob Degrom. He's not Corbin Burns. He's not like lock solid. It, Jack Flaherty or Frankie Montas. I'll take Frankie Montas. I'll I'll take Frankie Montas this year and uh, with like, what where he's been. And it's, uh, getting Flaherty back is going to help him. He's not. They're they're kind of. They have some weird pitchers on that team, but getting Flaherty back helps that team as much as anyone else will. I'll say that. The way a good back can lengthen a lineup, uh, a pitcher like this can uh, lengthen your rotation, and I think that's the biggest thing. It's not that he's necessarily one uh, one a uh, within that, even if he's a two or a three, uh, he's going to be important to that uh, that rotation and their uh, uh, playoff hopes in a in a three five. Uh, seven-game series, and so I think that's going to be a key factor there uh, for him, especially when the uh, that offense is uh, undergoing a transition, and right now very well, uh, and uh, you have some young guys that are up there. The offense is doing better. You need uh, that starting pitching, uh, and I think that's going to be a, uh, a, a crucial add uh, to a team that is now going to be in a division chase the rest of the way. Well, let's talk about the team that there's going to be at least their primary opposition in that chase because they have injuries too. So at this point, I'm pretty much written off Freddie Peralta for this year. There's not a whole lot of information on Freddie Peralta. We know it's a shoulder or a lat injury. You don't, that's all we've ever gotten. And so I'm banking on pretty much nothing out of Freddie Peralta as far as the Brewers are concerned. Brandon Woodruff is the other one, right? So the Brewers are just went in this long losing streak. I think we mentioned how hard it would be with the pitching they had, but the pitching's not all there right now. So Brandon Woodruff hit the IL with a strained ankle, but then Sunday or this weekend we heard that he has, I'm going to pronounce it wrong, I'm sure, Renard's syndrome, which basically means he can't feel some of his fingers. That's scary as a pitcher. Now, it doesn't sound... It didn't sound like we don't really know what's causing it. So can he just wake up one day and it's gone again? I'm not a doctor, but getting but Brandon... stayed at Holiday Inn Express last night. Wish. All right. But getting Brandon Woodruff back would really help the Brewers right about now. And a, a 2021 Brandon Woodruff. Mm-hmm. That's the, we haven't really seen him this year. Uh, there's been control issues. Now, again, the question is... Have have some of the control issues that have popped up. Is that related to this? Is this what he's been? Has he been struggling with this for a while, trying to pitch through it, uh, and now come now finally figuring out what's going on? Uh, so sometimes the diagnosis can be the biggest key because by knowing what it is, they can also tell him uh, different ways to uh, prevent it or how to treat it or how to do things within it. Uh, but if let's put it this way, I know Brewers fans are about as. Uh, uh, pessimistic as you can be right now. We have one of those weeks that's gone through. Totally get it. Totally understand it. But let's put it this way. Uh, if you were told at the beginning of the year that you would not have Brandon Woodruff, you would not have Freddie Peralta, we know that the strength of this team last year was a starting pitching. And those were two of the, of the big three uh, that could match any big three uh, outside of uh, the Dodgers, a healthy Dodgers team. If you were going to lose two of those three, or they're going to miss significant not significant time, one potentially the entire season, one uh, already missing like maybe a, a third of what has been done to this point. Do you even think you'd have a winning record or be close to division lead at this point? No. Not so without that, yeah. And also Willie Adams also being out for a considerable amount of time. This team has actually navigated the injuries pretty well. Uh, and I think that's the most impressive thing. When you're able to still sustain with one arm tied behind your back, uh, 
those are the things that matter from a team uh, scrapping and scraping it together. Uh, it makes you feel more optimistic about what comes yet, provided this is the X factor, right, that you get a brand, uh, Brandon Woodruff back who's able to do this. So I still think things are reason for optimism in Milwaukee. Uh, but uh, at least from a pitching side, that offense is, is definitely a concern. Uh, that'll be a trade deadline thing. We'll see what happens there with that as well. Well, let's talk, if we're keeping it to injured pitchers, let's go to the two biggest ones on the market, right? So I think they are still they still have the best record in baseball, I think, is the Mets. And they have quite possibly the two best pitchers coming back. So it sounds like Scherzer is further along. Inside the Mets reported that he could face live hitters this upcoming week and then go out on a rehab assignment after that. SNY reported that DeGrom is getting close to a rehab assignment, but we haven't he hasn't pitched yet this year, right? So Scherzer was already pitched, so it will not take him a swat long to warm up, whereas DeGrom has to make up for all the missed spring training time. I think it was Brandon Nimmo described it as these are their Dodger-level acquisitions, right? The one Dodgers went yeah. out and got Scherzer and Trey Turner last year. If you get a healthy Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer, nobody's matching that as far as pitching is concerned. We'll get to another injury that's coming up that well, could be huge too. Let's think of this one. If uh, uh, It's all about the, the timing of everything. If you say, fine, we're not even going to approach the topic of DeGrom till till August, right? Would you be fine? or September. If you had two uh, two months uh, of peak DeGrom, who's complaining about the one that matters most, right? If, if that's what you get, there's no nothing you can add at the trade deadline that'll even come close to that. Nope. So take as much time as you need at this one. You're already first, best record uh, within it. Take as much time as you need there because you have Scherzer to step up first there and give that punch, just make sure DeGrom's healthy. You just want him for the stretch run at this point. You don't need him for a full year. You already have this going. Yes, there's more competition in the NL East. Yes, you would like to widen that gap, of course, within it, but you're talking about World Series. That's the point of him right there. What can we do to make sure he's ready for that run? Gives you a, a, To me, there it gives you a month of regular season to get going back there and then put him in the postseason and be good to go. So to me, I'm even fine with just a September and October DeGrom uh, at this point for what their uh, aspirations are this year, and you won't find a better acquisition than that, uh, not to mention getting Scherzer back before that. So uh, that's a team that has an abundance of riches uh, that's come even coming off the the IL uh, to go along with that. You know what they're leading baseball in on base percentage and run scored? Steve Cohen is taking victory laps all day after complaining last season about how they didn't have any on base hitters. I'm looking at it right now. He they are it. leading it. Yeah, you you went out and you signed guys. Mark Hanna does it, right? Like Starlin Marte did it. So after his complaints last offseason, he went out and he fixed the problem. And look, they're winning without him. So if they get these guys back, and even you know, say Max Scherzer is 80% Max Scherzer, and Jacob DeGrom is 70% Jacob DeGrom. How much better is that than most teams? What they're going to get, right? That's. Would you 100%. rather have seventy percent Jacob Degrom or Frankie Montas? Because I think I'm taking seventy percent Jacob Degrom, right? I am too. So that's the type of talent that this team has coming back. There's only one player that can match that coming back from injury, and that's a hitter. The Padres are still missing Fernando Tatis Jr., right? That's the only person that can match what Scherzer and Degrom can do. Is remember, we haven't seen Fernando Tatis this year. That might be the only pickup that could be bigger than Scherzer and DeGrom. So Tatis, we know the skill set. He broke his wrist riding motorcycle or whatever, didn't know it was hurt, got to spring training. They took an x-ray and he had a hairline fracture. So I think the last we heard he's taking grounders. He can grip a bat now. I don't think he's actually faced hitting. 
but okay. I looked at Steamer, which is Fangraph's projection system. They have him for 56 games, and in 56 games, they have him for 16 home runs, 10 steals, and a 276 average. He has an absolutely absurd skill set. That's Ronald Acuna, and it's him. Like those are the only yeah. two players who can do yeah. what he can do, right? So. Could he come back? We saw what he can do in shortened tech games last year, right? He put up 40 home runs and like 30-some steals in I think like around 100 games. That type of a bat getting added into a lineup is if they can hang around, and they have a lot of injuries too because we could talk about Mike Clevenger here, but they have a lot of problems too on that team. But Fernando Tatis can come in and like he's also a massive spark plug type of player anyways, so he could come in and push their offense to a whole new level, right? 100%. And I think, again, you're not going to add anything like him uh, within it. And I think the way this is timing out is he's going to be about a trade deadline uh, acquisition. Uh, and that's going to be the boost that they need. Uh, this weekend, the the Dodgers were just uh, smacked around by the, the San Francisco Giants. Again, the Dodgers get all of the, uh, uh, the attention, and the Giants still keep lurking with, with what they're doing. Uh, Giants aren't gone. Uh, this is still, you have the two teams that are there. The Padres are trying to, again, still make it that three-team uh, element to it. And uh, what helps them is, uh, uh, if you can keep doing it, Mackenzie Gore. Uh, you know, you, they have some additional pitchers uh, that are uh, going to be necessary for contention. Tatis is going to be a big boost to that offense. Uh, that's going to be a, definitely an X factor to look for. I have one more on my uh, uh, injury list. Uh, I have a few more, so you go. And I'll give my – it's uh, back to the AL East. Uh, 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 Tampa Bay Rays scuffling offensively, trying to uh, – hard to get consistency. And yes, Wander Franco's out too. Uh, he'll be coming back here very shortly. Uh, but Brandon Lau, this was a guy who was a 40 homer, 39 if you want to be 100% accurate, but he sent a 40 homer bat uh, last year. Uh, finished in the top 10 in, uh, in MVP voting in the American League last couple of years within that. Uh he uh, did not look himself at all at the beginning of the year. Come to find out, he's uh, had a stress uh, reaction in his lower back that he was trying to battle through, and they finally shut him down uh, and going to be slowly coming back. But again, he's probably still a month out before he's back in the major leagues. Uh, if you can get, again, 15 home runs out of him uh, within that, you're going to be happy with that at the same case. I think that's going to be a major boost to that offense I have a uh, in plan. the second half. I have a different plan for their offense. We'll get to that in a little Ooh, bit. But they I'm intrigued. Before we, before I want to just mention them, they got their, one of their big guns just came back yesterday. Shane Boz came back yesterday, right? And that's obviously one of their big pitchers, the two Shanes, McClanahan, Boz, if they can get something he didn't, he looked a little rusty from what I saw on their, it's, it's rust. I saw highlights, but the control left in the third inning. It'll come, right? It's, you know, it'll come. So the, the team that I had or the mentions I had for some injuries left is the White Sox. So we can complain yep. about Tony LaRusso all we want, but they're missing Eloy Jimenez, Lance Lynn, and Tim Anderson. Like, those are three really big names. Now, Lance Lynn is pitching tomorrow for the first time this year, so, hey, there's one back. Sounds like Tim Anderson is going out on a rehab assignment this He's week. He's a week away at most. And then Eloy Jimenez, maybe a little longer down the line. It, it's as much star talent missing as any team's got, as far as, like, overall star talent, right? Tim Anderson's won batting titles. Eloy Jimenez has the future makings of, like, like a Jordan Alvarez type of bat if he wants to be, and we know what Lance Lynn can be. So I think that the White Sox, they're scuffling. We talked about it. Tony La Russa is probably a big part of that. This is still a team that can make some noise going forward here. Well, again, think of any team that if by the uh, trade acquisitions of a, a Lance Lynn, a Tim Anderson, and an Eloy Jimenez, I, 
uh, you would consider that that's an executive that's an of the awesome year. That's an awesome year. Yeah. Uh, so uh, those that's the the level of talent that's coming back and. Uh, uh, despite the uh, the roller coaster that is the Chicago White Sox and Tony Larusa at the helm, uh, that's a lot of talent coming back. That's going to keep anyone still in contention uh, with that. So we'll watch that coming back too. Pitchers or, or excuse me, trade targets or minor leaguers. Let's let's do trade. And 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 for me, I only have a couple of guys on this list because I'm looking specifically at who can who can move the needle. Okay. Right. That's that's the level that I'm I'm looking at. We mentioned Frankie Montas, uh, for the at least I did for the Minnesota Twins of being there. You mentioned before we got started here that uh, the uh, in light of recent developments uh, with Walker Buehler now being uh, out potentially until September, uh, that uh, the Dodgers' uh, vaunted rotation. Uh, may not be uh, at that level right now, or now the way I described it was uh, they've hit on some lottery tickets so far. Are you really banking on that for a championship run, uh, or is it time to start looking at uh, uh, someone like Frankie Montas as a uh, an X factor for them to keep things going? Well, it's it's a very good team still, but it's a big chink and suddenly a very, very like, strong armor, right? So Clayton Kershaw is coming back this week. You can't rely on him. You just can't. When he pitches, it's going to be good, but you can't do it. Julio Urias had a nice start today, but it's not been the Julio Urias of past years. Tony Gonson looks awesome. Oh, great. Tyler Anderson, we've talked about just last week. Fine. Okay. But now you got Walker Bueller hurt. Maybe you get him for September. Like, who do you think comes back first, Jacob DeGrom or Walker Bueller? Because I think I'm taking Jacob DeGrom, right? Agreed. Okay, so... Maybe you get Bueller for the playoff race. It sounds like Andrew Heaney's coming back in the next 10-ish days or so, but Andrew Heaney started great. Maybe the Dodgers figured something out there, but it's hard to rely on Andrew Heaney. Dustin May, some point, we don't – it's very, very quiet what's happening with Dustin May. So when he does come back, I think he'll be good, but I it's hard to imagine it. We know they're not afraid to go out and make big moves, right? And Frankie Montas, it's not Max Scherzer, who they got last year. It's not – Trevor Bauer, right? It's not these guys, but Frankie Montas probably slots in right now. It's like your number three pitcher, right? He's better. You trust him more than Clayton Kershaw. He's a guy you want also a solid defense, and you have that. Uh, and that also plays up uh, within that. That's enough of a difference maker with this offense. Again, you don't need uh, a, a DeGrom-type acquisition for it to be a difference maker here. Uh, and, and that's where this you need a guy who's going to consistently give you six innings, maybe three earned runs. You get that, that's enough for this team. You mentioned Minnesota. I think another team that makes sense for Frankie Montas and would be the Toronto Blue Jays. Toronto has the two studs at the top, right? Gaussman and Manoa, but Ryu just got hurt. R- Ryu's are out, and they're banking. What they is have, up with Barrios? He has been so up and Barrios, down. Uh, a, a, the last two starts now, mm-hmm. I, he had like a, a seven or eight inning start, 13 strikeouts, two starts ago, like only a run and a half in his last start of seven runs. But then in the last like five starts within it, there's two starts where he's got blown up uh, within it. He, he is compl- he is the most enigmatic uh, starter I've seen outside of Charlie Morton this year. <laughs> you got some hateful Both Charlie those guys <laughs> were on my team at one point. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you can't roll like. You can rely on him to give you innings, but right now, Jose Brios is not... Something looks wrong, and I thought maybe early in the year he was tipping some pitches. It may be wrong. I don't know, but you tell me that a rotation of Gaussman, Manoa, Montas, Barrios, and then you piecemeal that fifth spot between Kikuchi and Stripling and Nate Pearson, whatever you're bringing up there, 
it's pretty good. Their offense is starting to click. They made their big call up. They brought up Gabriel Moreno because they have catcher injuries. So I think Toronto is is in the market for a starting pitcher. Maybe it's not Frankie Montas. Maybe they go, like I said, you just need someone to eat innings capably. They don't need a huge name if their offense is second. Could they just make a lower-end move for someone like Zach Greinke? Sure. Well, let's put it this way. They can get any pitcher they want if they put their mind to it uh, with either the, their, their stud catcher they just called up or right. Alejandro Kirk. Yep. Either one of those guys is a centerpiece that's more than what the Dodgers can offer now uh, compared to, to last year within it. So the question is, how motivated or aggressive do they want to be? And this is a team with a history in the last couple of years within this of being aggressive. Uh, so I do see one of Frankie Montas or Luis Castillo uh, if they decide starting pitching is what they want, one of them will be in that on that team. Well, let's. So here's my Luis Castillo. We mentioned it beforehand. I, the Los Angeles Angels, after their long losing streak, we've said it for years since we started doing this podcast. The Los Angeles Angels have hitting; they do not have pitching. They have struggled with pitching. Luis Castillo for Joe Adele. The Angels need pitching. Adele needs a change of scenery. Cincinnati needs youth with upside, specifically hitting youth. They have Hunter Green and Graham Ashcroft and Nick Lodolo. They have pitching. It just makes all the sense in the world. They need a pitcher. Joe Adele is, needs a massive change of scenery. It's He's still very young. I think he's very talented. He could be like Byron Buxton light, right? Like you could hope for that type of skill set there, but it's not going to happen out there because Joe, Joe Mann basically said like, okay, where well, you're calling him up, but I don't trust him. And they got Ward, they got Trout, they got Marsh. You're going to play those three. So that's where I would see Luis Castillo going. And it, and if not him, then Tyler Molly. I mean, one of these guys uh, is going to work very well with the Angels. Uh, Adele is a perfect change of scenery candidate, even if they have to, even if they have to add something uh, to it uh, within it. Uh, the, the Reds can do what he needs. And that's just as soon as he gets there, tell him, don't worry about you are up here the rest of the year. You're in the lineup. This is what you're playing. You're going to be in there no matter what. Go play. Uh, just get the get the head stuff out of the way. Uh, go play. Get the consistent playing time and see what happens uh, for the whole second half of the year uh, and see if there's something to, to build on. Uh, for a guy who has been a top 10 overall, like by Baseball America and some of the others within, a top 10 overall prospect in baseball, okay. uh, Anytime you can get your hands on, on, on a guy like that and just let and see what can happen, that's exactly what a team that's on the lower end of things, that's what you're supposed to be doing. Go find out what's possible within that and, and see what can be there and have a high ceiling uh, that you can shoot for. So that makes a ton of sense uh, uh, within that. And the Dodgers, or excuse me, the Angels get uh, the type of difference maker that they're looking for uh, to uh, try to shake off. And they look so good. The question, they may not have been that good. They're not this bad. Where are they within it? And they're still going to need a bump at the deadline to really push things in the right direction. But they're still very much in it despite – and think of how good they were. If you could sustain like a like a 12-game losing streak and still be within uh, striking distance of first place. I mean, that's that's exactly what you, uh, uh, you want to be. Uh, I have uh, – uh, switching to the uh, Washington Nationals to Josh Bell. Uh, again, on the right team – uh, I don't know if you're going to find a larger bat available uh, at the deadline. Uh, he is uh, a consistent RBI producer. I just watched him destroy the Brewers. Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, and and someone who's got uh, enough pop. If you need some uh, help at first base, uh, DH, whatever the case may be, uh, he's a guy that can definitely help 
uh, help an offense, uh, uh, help lengthen uh, uh, the depth of, of an offense, uh, he's the guy that I would be targeting the most at, at the, the trading deadline. So I have three teams down for him. Minnesota, they've gotten basically nothing out of first base. You mentioned the offense is good. Doesn't mean it can't be better. That started a change with areas. They've now put him uh, over the, now not the, not necessarily the power production, but the offensive production has, has been there. But again, mm-hmm. a power bat uh, to go along with uh, some of their youthful. Uh, and he can play uh, anywhere. Make, right? make a strength stronger. Uh, yeah. It makes a ton of sense in Minnesota. And he can play. Yeah. And, Rise and play anywhere. So that's kind of the advantage they get out of him. Correct. So I that's I had Tampa Bay down. Yeah. I think Tampa Bay would make a lot of sense there. We saw what they were they were willing to go out and make the move last year for Nelson Cruz. I think Josh Bell makes a lot of sense. The one that I actually put down as the most likely is I I put San Francisco. They went out last year and they yes. made that move for Chris Bryant. You go fill the other corner. You slide Wilmer Flores. Now he can rotate with Evan Longoria. Josh Bell is a perfect platoon player and that he doesn't really have a platoon, so they don't need to do their platoon thing with him. I think that San Francisco would make a ton of sense for Josh Bell, and that's the type of move like you were talking. They're in the race still with the Dodgers. Every year we talk about where's San Francisco. Are they gonna, they're not quite as good as the Dodgers, but they hang in there. They play well. That's the same type of move they made last year with Chris Bryant. They have the pitching that can neutralize the Dodgers' offense. And that's, uh, again, remember, these are the, the pitchers that the Dodgers have seen again and again, and yet they still come up and do things like they did this weekend and shut them down. You need an offense that can complement it. Chris Bryant was a, a, a big difference maker for them last year. Josh Bell can absolutely be that type of difference maker for him this year. Well, I mentioned you You mentioned the Rays getting some healthy offense. I said I, I have them making a trade here. I, I think the Rays, you mentioned getting Brandon, oh boy, I'm going to Lau. Man, I'm on a roll. Uh, getting him back. And I said, I think Josh Bell's possible, but he's not the one I think makes the most sense. How about Cattell Marte, right? I wanted to give them Trey Mancini, but I don't see the Orioles trading him in the division, and we'll get to him in a second. The Rays love high on base guys. And while Marte isn't having his best season, it's it's getting much better. It looks much better once you cut out April. And he can fill in at second while Lau recovers from his injury. And then he can move to the outfield where, like, Josh Lowe didn't work out. He's back in the minors, right? And, like, here's another one where I think they have a prospect, too, who might need a change of scenery. What's going on with Vidal Brujan here? Do we, do we trust in Vidal Brujan, or is that a change of scenery spot? They have done, uh, they've resisted the, the frustrations of the, if you'd listened to the fan base, they already would have put him in AAA a while ago. Uh, but what the Rays have done is that you're playing. Don't worry about it, you're playing. Uh, and we're starting to see that come around. If you look at his last uh, uh, 30 games, last month uh, that he's been there, you've now started to see him drive the ball uh, a little bit more like he has in the, in the minors. He's not a home run guy, uh, but he's, he's a gap-to-gap hitter uh, and uses, uh, uses the speed. Uh, and he has gotten better. Uh, he's still not fully there, but he's definitely not as uh, uh, an automatic out the way he was but, to begin it. But for a team that wants to win, you could see like a Vidal Brujan for Cattell Marte trade. Oh, 100%. I think this is a guy, I think part of the reason why they're giving him the at-bats, I mean, they need someone there, but B, I think it's, it's a it's a showcase. I think that's another it, one. That it, makes- it's an absolute showcase for someone that could uh, uh, try to be a, uh, a table setter, a leadoff hitter. Uh, uh, for someone else and let him run with them. I think that's another one. It makes sense for both teams. You, you know, getting Brandon Lau back will help, but they said that that could be a while away. I think it, get Cattell Marte in there or someone like that. I think we both agree they need some offense right now, right? Yeah, you watch him more than I do, but I, when I watch him, it looks like they could use some offensive help. Uh, keeping no it on offense, let's just stay in that division. 
Wilson Contreras is the big catcher, obviously, yep. on the from the free agent market coming up here. So he's the big catcher if you're going to make a trade for a catcher. That's that's the spot. If you look at the Yankees lineup, that's the spot, right? So they've gotten surprising production out of Jose Trevino. That being said, the Yankees are always in the market for stars. They're always trying to find stars at the position, and that's where Wilson Contreras qualifies, right? He's having a fantastic first half of the season with extremely little support in the Cubs lineup. I could absolutely see the Yankees making a move for Wilson Contreras, and that being their version of last year it was Joey Gallo and Anthony Rizzo. They bring in Wilson Contreras this year. He takes advantage of that lineup, and maybe they resign. Maybe they sign him to keep in New it's, York. It's a way to get him uh, already in the door, uh, and if things go well and he and he survives in a playoff chase, then you see, you already know he can play uh, in New York again. That's been the challenge with Gallo, right? I, that it hasn't, it hasn't worked, worked out that, I thought that it, way. I thought we both thought it'd be a perfect fit, right? It should have been. It, it definitely should have been. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see uh, Contreras there. Uh, you know, there's a, a couple of places where you know again where he could be uh, a difference maker. Again, here's another one. San Francisco makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Joey Bart was uh, uh, sent back down to the minors. Uh, they was. they have a need there within it. He could be just like Josh Bell, being a difference maker uh, uh, there. Uh, so and we'll see what happens uh, on that on that front. I have those are my only three that I put down for. Uh, uh, for trade and then Kettle Marte, you know, if Arizona actually decides to, uh, you know, do something, uh, that one makes a, a ton of sense. I have a few more. So Trey Mancini, right? We mentioned yep. Trey Mancini yep. before. I said I think your team would make a lot of sense, and that he would play first again. But it's hard to see the Orioles trading him within the division. I I think because he's uh, an expiring contract, I think that he could be given kind of like the the honor. Uh, like the 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 vet uh, uh treatment where again where if you want to go within like for the right uh trade price I could see them doing that to give him a chance to to contend. Oh, I could see him on the best contender in the American League, and that's the Astros. Uh, right now the Astros are the prime team to beat. Last year, remember we saw how aggressive they were to fix their bullpen, and if they have a weakness, first actually base. their offense and specifically first base, Yuli yes. Gurriel has been a staple for a while there, but he's it's not thirty there old, now. and he's not there. All right, so. Mancini can play first. He's done some average. He's got that strong average. He's got a strong and base skills. That's exactly what they've gotten out of Yuli Gurriel for years. It's an awesome fit. I think Trey Mancini going to the Agreed. Astros is an awesome fit. And uh, again, also a chance to be, despite the other names yeah. that are there, that can be a jolt to that offense to help everyone out. Uh, some small, I have Andrew Benatendi. So he's quietly been having a very good awesome. year with, uh, with, yeah. uh, with the Royals. Yeah, he has. And, I have the Braves here. So remember the Braves made all those moves they for do this, outfielders uh, last yep. year, right? But Rosario's got an eye injury, and he was terrible, and then he had his eyes operated on. Duvall, I saw, finally had a good day today, a couple home runs. But they need another high on base option, right? They're going to get their, – their pitching has been a struggle, but Soroka's coming back. Spencer Strider got moved in the rotation, and he looks so good. So I think you just get another high on base option to keep putting people on base in front of Ronald Acuna and Matt Olson and Dansby Swanson, who's having a superstar year finally. He looks like he's taking another turn. So I think they, the Braves always quietly don't make the big moves, but they're always really good at it, right? And the last name I have is the only relief pitcher. The prize of the relief pitcher market is David Bednar, who looks really good with Pittsburgh. What team have we said for years needs to fix their bullpen? Go ahead. Philadelphia, right? Yep. Philadelphia always has a bullpen yep. need. So, Knable complained about shoulder stiffness yesterday. Uh, that's not good. 
And guess what? He wasn't pitching that good anyways. David Bednar is under control for like five more years. So Pittsburgh doesn't have to move him, but they could probably get a pretty good haul for him. Remember when they had, it was Richard Rodriguez a couple years ago, they moved him to Atlanta and they got some nice return for that. So if Bednar moves, Philly to be the closer makes a lot of sense. Uh, I could see this uh, being the also the after losing uh, uh, Andrew Kittredge to Tommy John. That's a good one. Uh, yeah. And uh, from not knowing Nick Anderson, Pete Fairbanks, uh, JT Chargat, there's guys that are that could potentially be coming back. But essentially, uh, someone marked uh, remarked on air today that uh, essentially you. Those five guys that are on the IL would be the top five on a, on on in their bullpen at the year's beginning. Those would be the five guys you'd pick right out of the gate. Uh, they need uh, a late inning arm. Uh, ideally, you'd want one with more like playoff experience, but there just isn't a lot of that around. So you go and get the best arm that you can. Uh, I could see a, a Vidal Bruhan for him type of trade mm-hmm. uh, within it because that also fits everything that would be great for, for Pittsburgh. Uh, young uh, young uh, player that you can uh, help uh, build within it. Uh, and relief pitchers, no matter what, you sell high. Uh, that, that should be the, the guarantee of any GM. You have sell high. You can get anything that's, that's a very good value for it because if you're not contending, and it's like having uh, uh, the best uh, uh, tires on a uh, on a beat-up car that's being <laughs> hung together by, by duct tape, like, what good is it? It does absolutely no good. So uh, that would make a ton of sense there as well. Uh, I was looking to see for Ben Attendee. I have another team to, to suggest with and that's the Miami Marlins. This is a team like they're 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 teetering right. They're so like they're just at the edge. They're twenty seven and thirty one. Uh, they're ten games already back of the for the East. You know, so the not division there. It's wild card. That's what you're looking at. And this is a team that has. I mean, Sandy Alcantara has, has gone on fire. Pablo Lopez, he's dealing with a small thing, but it you, looks like you he have dodged a, a bullet there. It, it does. No, 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 uh, uh, no fracture. Thank uh, so the X-rays came I back. Need you, well. Pablo Lopez had so many teams. Uh, You're so good. But Sorry. the they they have the starting pitching where if you can get them to like a, a three or five game series, they could be a lot of fun to to to, uh, to watch. Uh, but they don't have the offense. They don't. Uh, and, and this is one where that that one would make a lot of sense. I just. I agree. They they need offense. I just see them standing pat and thinking that they can wait to trade those arms for bats to the offseason. And with, you know, we've talked about this yeah. before, with the arms they have, and there are so many options, right? So, you know, you mentioned Alcanta- Sandy Alcantara and Pablo Lopez, Trevor Rogers. I never say anyone's last name right, by the way. <laughs> okay. I give my own version of all of them. Edward Cabrera looks pretty good. The first start, he didn't look so good this time. We still don't know what's going on with Sixto Sanchez. Max, Max Meyer Myers. was so one like, of the pitching greatest yeah. pitching prospects in the minors. And Yuri Perez is 19 years old and has a chance to pitch in the big leagues this year because he's unbelievable for him. So, like, yes, I agree. At some point, they're going to have to make some move, but, like, you're not trading one of those. You're not trading Max Meyer for like Andrew Benatendi. Like you want somebody who's locked up for years. So this is a team. I think they can afford to be patient too. So I don't know if they make anything or if they just say we're going to push this back. I think they might just they could punt it to the off season to make more of a, a bigger move yeah. uh, at that point because I think Pablo Lopez is the one that could be uh, the one <laughs> traded. Can you imagine what you could get for Pablo Lopez? He's 26, looks awesome when he pitches. At at least three years. uh, He's uh, a free agent in 2025. So you got three years. Like, shoot for the moon with Pablo Lopez, and you'll still be fine. Like, 
yeah. there's uh, and they'll be able to get whatever uh, bat uh, that that they would want. That could mm-hmm. be like a, a a centerpiece of an offense type of bat. You're That's, not taking. You're not trading Pablo Lopez for Josh Bell. Like no, for who's on rental. That's what I'm saying. I'm not sure there's the right person for them that's that's where i don't see them so i got free i got young guys we got young guys do you have any let's, more let's, trades let's about to uh, uh to rookies difference makers okay well i know the tigers aren't competing but i want to mention that riley green is getting close he is on a triple a rehab assignment he is a he would have probably started the year with the tigers but he got hurt at the very end green's like your typical 2020 type of talent in the outfield and trust me, the Detroit Tigers need something to cheer for. So I just want to Even mention him. future X-Factors, enough to see like this guy can be a difference maker on a contending team. Uh, when you're not, when your team's not in it, you're at least looking for what's the hope, what's the, uh, the, the building block that we're putting together with it, and especially on a team uh, where this was supposed to be a year where they took a step up on, on that foundation, and now there's cracks all over that foundation. Uh, you need any, uh, any positive you can get, so absolutely worth mentioning. One of the teams that is in contention that has the young talent is the Mariners. Now, we've seen they are the perfect example of the mixed levels of success you get with minor leaguers, right? Julio Rodriguez has come up and looked like an absolute superstar, and I there's no signs of slowing down. George Kirby has come up as a pitching prospect and looks – Maybe not like an absolute superstar, but he looks really good. Building in the way that Logan Gilbert did and last like, year. And as I say, he looks very much like what they got out of Logan Gilbert, who's taken another step this year. But then there's the ones that haven't worked out, right? So what do you, we bring him up a lot, right? What are you getting out of Jared Kelnick, right? We all thought this was highway robbery when they traded Robinson Cano for or, and Edwin Diaz for Jared Kelnick. And I don't even remember who was all in it anymore. But Jared Kelnick looks not good when we've seen him in the big leagues. And we saw Matt Brash came up earlier this year. He's another highly regarded pitching prospect. And he had a couple of pretty good starts. And then he started walking the world. So, you know, if you get what I think, I still think they're probably good players, right? I still think they're good players. Maybe it's not in Seattle. Maybe it's the Joe Adele thing. Maybe Jared Kelnick needs a say, trade. I think Joe Adele is the, perfect, uh, is the apt uh, comparison there for change of scenery. And maybe that gets you back capable offensive player, capable players right now. But that's where this team improves, right? It's through the use of those prospects, whether it's on this team or to bring in other players. Because injury-wise, we could talk about Mitch Haniger, but I don't think he's very close. Kyle Lewis got concussed. Like Ken Giles should be back, but that's not. You're not catching the Houston Astros because you have Mitch Haniger back on this team. You are with Julio Rodriguez, though. That's the star. one to me. the The second half of the year. Uh, he can write a whole new chapter for this year. We already know what the long-term potential is, and we've already seen the tantalizing tools. Uh, but he's one who could change uh, uh, the scope of this season if he if he goes on a on a heater streak that his tools are capable of. Uh, and I think that's one definitely worth worth watching to see. He's an absolute X factor for the second half of the year. He could easily put up a twenty homer, thirty steal season at the age of twenty one. Like. That is well within the realms of possibility. And at some point, I don't think, I I forget if it was a podcast or something I read that was talking about, like, he's probably got the Mike Trout thing going on, right? Where he could steal a lot of bases early on. And we saw, eventually it became, Mike Trout's too valuable to steal bases. Could he? Sure. He could steal bases. I have utter confidence that he's very fast still. But they just say, don't do it, right? It's too risky. And at some point, I think Julio Rodriguez probably has a 30 steal season in him, and then 30 becomes 20. 
but he probably hits 30 homers, 30, 30 like 30, 20. And then suddenly yep. it's maybe it's 35 homers and the steals drop down to 10, 15. Yeah. 10, 15. Right. So I think we will slowly see the steals decrease, but the homers will increase. And yeah, he's 21 years old. Like the dude can legally drink finally. So yeah, he's, he's the, a massive X factor as we don't even know what we're getting out of him because he could keep getting better. Let's talk uh, again, whether uh, we're, Brandon Woodruff is an X factor uh, with health to the Brewers, but so is uh, Ethan Small and Andy Ashby. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, these are guys. Aaron who, Ashby, Andy's his I, uncle. Dude. I always keep uh, doing. Okay. I, I, know, I got Brandon Low wrong all the time, dude. Uh, but uh, Ashby is uh, swing and miss stuff, uh, elite mm-hmm. swing and miss stuff. It's just a matter of sometimes that control escapes him. Uh, but he's he can be uh, a top three for a guy when he's on. Uh, and and uh, either one of these guys, Ashby's a little bit more of uh, MLB experience at this point, uh, but but uh, with Freddie Peralta uh, being out, here's someone who can step up and and do that. Yeah, uh, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Like Burns is obviously you know what you're getting. Lauer looked pretty good. It's starting to look a little more like Eric Lauer of the past, and it's probably what we've always said. It's somewhere in the middle. He's probably not as bad as the last few. He wasn't as good as he was in the beginning of the year, but. Yeah. Aaron Ashby, you know, not many pitchers can bring it from the left-hand side 98 miles an hour with tail on it. So when he's on, he's really on. But he's also 24 and doesn't have a whole lot of experience. So you said, we see games, the last game, I forget, I think it was against Washington, where he walked a lot of guys and a little bit of bad luck in there, a lot of balls kind of swinging bunts. But there's certainly the talent there. You mentioned Ethan Small. We got a very, very small one-game sample size out of him in the big leagues there's a lot of talent there too. I'm sure he'll be back. I remember Ashby had a eight earned runs in like a third of an inning in his, his opening debut, debut right? Yeah. Like, and so you know, it can happen, but they're going to have to find a way to get to the end, right? So whether that's Woodruff comes back, I said you can't count on anything out of Freddie Peralta until we hear something. I have a this, feeling that Freddie Peralta has got the Tyler Glass now thing where they're going to wait to see if it heals. And then eventually we're going to hear Tommy John. We could hear Tommy John with Walker Bueller. Like, Anybody yeah. who's got problems up there, you can hear Tommy John. So you can't count on it. The reason why this is so important to the Brewers is you, you can't fight a two-front war. Uh, so if you have starting pitching that can step up and do that, then you can focus on hitting at the trade deadline. You can't focus on everything. Uh, and so if the if the pitching is good enough, you can focus on, on adding the best bat possible, uh, which, again, helps uh, a GM try to fo- uh, zero in on, on the number one need of the team. And right now, if the pitching doesn't hold up, you can't guarantee what the number one need is. It just makes it more of a, almost too much of an issue to try to address midseason. So if these guys uh, show ca- their, their capability and do what they can, uh, it makes it a whole lot easier for playoff hopes uh, for this year. I'm going to stick in the NL Central for my last guy, and that's uh, Nolan Gorman. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, of what I've seen initially within it, I mean, there's a lot, there's swing and miss in his game. Uh, he's hot and cold. And so I'm calling him a Kyle Schwerber light. When he Ooh, goes like off, when he goes off, he can very much be that he has the type of talent that can carry an offense for a while. Uh, now, again, he's strict platoon. He's not going to go against the lefties, but again, Cardinals are using him right. Uh, they're putting him against a right handed pitchers. And again, Kyle Schwerber. Platoon guy, not against lefties, against righties, and he can go off and carry a team. I think for a young guy, he has the capability of being that type of X-factor down the stretch for a team that is trying to push ahead into division. It would not shock me at all if he is a big reason why in the second half. 
Yeah, you. That's great, dude. Uh, Nolan Gorman's looked really good. You mentioned the platoon. That's the only qu- question with him. So this past week, it looks like he played four times. Yeah, he DH twice and he played second twice. They've been they've been aggressive with their young players. Whether it's Nolan Gorman, Juanya Pez, they've been aggressive with their young players and they're getting some wins out of it. So we haven't even seen their best offense. Like Nolan Arenado's been cold for the last month or so. Tyler O'Neill, we've talked about how bad he's been. So and that Goldschmidt guy, hey, he's pretty good. That one, <laughs> that one, you'll take. I actually have a different player in the NL Central. The Pirates are only eight and a half back, which I don't think they're going to win. But O'Neill Cruz, remember we saw O'Neill Cruz for two yeah. games last season, and we talk about you know. Aaron Judge's size. O'Neill Cruz is a six foot seven shortstop, who, according to Fangraphs, they have him projected for I think thirty or eighty some games. Has eleven home runs, eight steals, two fifty six. It's only a matter of time because I don't know why he's down there. Anyways, they have no reason to keep him down there. But Pittsburgh does some weird things. They're not quite Colorado, and I don't think Pittsburgh's going to contend this year. But get O'Neill Cruz up here, so get him up. There's no reason for him to wallow away in AAA. He doesn't need more practice down there. And another team that's eight and a half back is actually the Rangers are only eight and a half back, actually ahead of Seattle and the AL West. So if the year had started, and so Josh Jung would have likely started the year with them, but he tore his labrum in February. Last year at AAA, he hit 326 with 19 home runs. So you probably don't see him till August, but I think he's probably their third baseman. Marcus Simeon actually looks competent again. So we put Marcus Simeon on the what's wrong with him trust. Actually, a lot of those guys we put on there suddenly look good. Nelson Cruz had a nice couple break breakout. Joey Votto looks good again. Marcus Simeon looks good. It's almost like good players are good. So And it's nice when, when the, the the ball actually moves the way well, it's supposed to. Yeah. Yeah. We we About could that. we could discuss that for a whole different topic. But yeah, so I think Josh Jung, O'Neill Cruz, some of these teams that I don't think are going to compete, but they're within shouting distance. So Get your best players up here. We, we want to see them all. Is that the last of your list? That's the last on my list. And I'm going to do uh, uh, not as a uh, uh, an X factor, but it's more of a shout out to a uh, uh, an oldie that's uh, getting one one last shot at things and making the most of it. Matt Carpenter, <laughs> uh, <sighs> who again has this. The, uh, why is the stash back? Can someone tell me uh, uh, why that? And I. It's just the name, the 70s porn stash. Why is that back <laughs> in Major League Baseball? I don't understand. The Yankees have a bunch of them over there. You got the you got that going on, uh, but it, but it's across the board. Each year you notice like the little the little uh, co- uh, social trends that are going on in the game, and that's going back to it. JP Fireisen has another one of those with it. Like across the board, I'm seeing that creeping up. I don't know how this came back in fashion. Uh, stop it, hipsters. Uh, but. Uh, uh, but a shout out to Matt Carpenter, two homer ah. game today uh, within it, uh, and he could easily all of a sudden in five games be out of it and gone, uh, and, and within it. But for right now, props to him getting one more moment in the sun. It's amazing some of these older players that you you write off. I remember when Lance Berkman got traded to St. Yeah. Louis, and I was just like, ah, oh, he's done, right? He was. He's good with Houston. I think he went to the Yankees for a while, and then he got traded to St. Louis. And I was like, ah, oh, he's done. There's nothing there, and. There's something there. You never know. So, yeah, Matt Carpenter's played well with the Yankees in this weird platoon role, and as a lefty, he is massively taking advantage of that short porch that they 100%. have. 100%. Which, as we said, we thought that's what Joey Gallo would do, and Joey Gallo's batting ninth for the Yankees consistently, and Glaber Torres is kind of playing the backup role. They're, they're playing him sometimes at second base, but they're also rotating LeMahieu. So, hey, they're winning a lot of games, so I'm not going to question it, but uh, it, 
it just feels like at some point something's going to fall apart there. But forty-four and sixteen is a really good record. They uh, continue their their supernova supernova streak. Uh, as we uh, end where we uh, uh, began or end from last podcast of the talking about the uh, on a streak, uh, streaking and all that good stuff. So uh, Yankees uh, have that down. Uh, uh, what we're going to do next week uh, is uh, the challenge is being put out there to, uh, uh, to Corey to put on his GM hat. Uh, and he's going to take uh, one team from the National League and one team from the American League uh, and say this is how... A contender. I should have been a contender. Well, with GM Corey, they're going to be a contender with the moves that he's going to bring up for us uh, as we uh, go into the crystal ball and see how these two teams uh, can uh, move themselves to the front uh, of the competition. Uh, so that'll be the, the fun challenge for, for next week's uh, podcast, uh, and we'll look forward to seeing you then. Take care. Take care.